Welcome to Wine and Real Estate, the podcast where we drink wine, we have fun, and we learn about real estate investing. Real estate investing is so much more than just buying buildings. It's about building relationships, building your dreams, building your dream lifestyle, customizing your life. What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? It's much more than money. It's more than getting rich. It's a different type of wealth. It's the wealth of time, the wealth of freedom. And now let's get to the wine and the real estate. Let's start this episode with some financing tips from our go-to mortgage broker, Streetwise Mortgages. Over to you, Dahlia. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages, and in today's episode, I will go over the eight unique qualification factors that lenders take into consideration when approving mortgages for residential income properties, that is one to four units properties. We will discuss the first few today and the rest in the upcoming episodes. I will share with you tips for each of these factors to enhance the chances that your mortgage application gets approved at the terms that you anticipated. So let's dig in. Here are the eight factors. Number one, your credit score. Number two, your personal income. Number three, down payment sources if you're buying a property. Number four, whether you are holding title in your personal or corporate name. Number five, the rental income your portfolio generates. Number six, your personal net worth. Number seven, the condition and zoning of the property you are refinancing or buying. And finally, number eight, the size of your portfolio. Let's start with your credit score. Many of the A lenders look for a minimum credit score of 650 for a rental mortgage application. Some may work with a score of as low as 600, but they will cut down the amortization on the mortgage. B lenders would work with credit scores below 600. Here is a tip for you. Monitor your credit score on a regular basis to ensure that it's healthy and that there are no surprises on your credit, such as suspicious activities or collections that you are not aware of. You can register for such a service through Equifax or TransUnion. Pulling your own credit through such a service will not impact your credit score. Let's now move on to personal income. Personal income plays a large role in the approval of a residential mortgage application. You may be salaried or earning income in various forms as a self-employed business owner or in the form of investment income or from various government sources like old age security, child support, RIFs, or a combination of all. Here are the things you need to be aware of when it comes to income. If you are self-employed, the A-lenders will want to see that you have paid yourself from the business for two years in order for them to use the income. This could be in the form of dividends, returns of shareholder loans, or as a salary, or a combination of all. Some A-lenders also have programs where they would consider a percentage of your corporate income if your business is incorporated in addition to what you pay yourself from the business. This is a great program that can help you qualify for more from a mortgage standpoint. If you're not paying yourself enough from the business to qualify with A lenders, then B lenders can be 
a great alternative as you can use income that you're earning as a self-employed client regardless of whether or not you own the business for two years and regardless of whether or not you filed your personal taxes. For this, the B lenders will charge higher interest rates and, and lender fees. If you are earning investment or interest income, the A lenders would want to see that you've earned that for two years in order to consider it. The B lenders, on the other hand, will rarely use this type of income. I often get a question from clients when they switch jobs from one employer to another. And the question is, can I get a mortgage approved while I am on probation? The answer is yes, with some A lenders, as long as you are transitioning within the same industry. This is not the case with B lenders and they will need to see that you have passed probation before you get a mortgage approval. If you are employed and you are on a contract, some of the A lenders will still approve the file on an exception basis. The B lenders, however, are okay with contracts, but they will keep the mortgage term below or at the contract term. So if your contract expires in one year, you cannot get a mortgage with a B lender beyond the one year term. In order to avoid surprises with your mortgage application and get the best financing terms given your plans, it is important to proactively plan the eight qualification elements. Our team at Streetwise Mortgages offers complimentary planning sessions to help you do just that. Contact us at info at streetwisemortgages.com to book your session today. Cheers to your success. Hello, everyone. So I'm really excited today. I have a special guest. Jazz Takar from um, REC Canada. And I'm really excited to speak with you, Jazz, today because I've been listening to you for quite a while and I've heard all about your stories and producing 23 pieces of content a day, which I, yeah, that's something else. But anyway, if you could give us a bit of an intro, I know you have quite a background and um, yeah, introduce yourself, please. Well, first and foremost, Francois, thanks for having me on, man. I mean, I, I know uh, how much success you're having with your podcast and, and your show and all the content that you're putting out there. And so as a fellow content creator, I know how tough it is to, to book guests and, and, and sometimes have to reschedule. And I apologize, I was one of those people. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> and, and so I gave you a little bit of a headache in that sense, but thank you um, for just putting out a lot of content as well as positive information, especially um, in today's day and age, we definitely need more and more of that. In terms of uh, who I am and, and, and what I do and all that kind of good stuff, um, right now, I would say, uh, first and foremost, I mean, I'm a father of two little boys, an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. Nice. Um, yeah, um, not a lot of people see them on my content, um, but uh, also been uh, married now for coming up to almost 15 years as well, born and raised here in Toronto. I'm a real estate broker um, that has a team of uh, 54 agents that help uh, all buyers, sellers, and investors in the greater Toronto area. And so I know you have uh, viewership and listenership even in, in the States. And so for our American friends, that's a, a 50 mile radius slash 75 kilometer radius, which is the greater Toronto area of about 6.6 .6 million people. My team spans right across uh, uh, the east, the north, the west, and the south of, of the GTA. Um, but I also have a media company that helps real estate agents 
produce content in and around educational webinars um, that they can actually put out to their client base because I found so much success um, in doing uh, those type of webinars for the last three to four years um, specifically that I wanted to kind of share what's worked well for me because, you know, from a in real estate investing perspective, as well as being a real estate agent, my, my macro thesis in business is that there's enough to go around. And so yeah. I really, really, I really come from that abundance mentality. And, and that's where, um, that's where I hope today I can bring, bring at least one piece of valuable information or a gem as the kids like to say um that i drop in today's episode that somebody actually not only listens to but actually takes action because look i think we all know that um the the you know people say that if you read a lot of books and listen to podcasts and watch videos that you know knowledge is power i personally believe that knowledge is potential power the yeah. actual use the use of all that knowledge and all the content that you put out, that I put out, the actual use of that knowledge is what is really powerful. Yeah, that's the key to success. And let's expand on that. I think that's a topic I don't co cover often enough. I always talk about investing internationally or, or buying skyscrapers or adding basement suites or whatever. All right. important stuff, by the way. All important stuff, by the way, right? And you need to know how to do it, but you also need to actually do it and so how are you managing all this like a young family my kids are pretty much adults so i don't need to take care of them anymore very much it's not the same um so and then you have this crazy business really booming and if anybody's following you they'll know how much you put out there and during the pandemic you had like brunches and all kinds of things going on virtual brunches so everybody was safe eating pancakes um, <laughs> but the abundance mindset as well. So how, how do you stay abundant and be that busy? I find sometimes it's tough. Yes, I believe in abundance. And then I'm like, okay, I, there's just too much. I'm being pulled in every direction. And how do you stay focused and calm? <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, um, I'm not like that every second, every minute of the day, right? No. And, and so I'm not also, I'm just not that hard on myself. Um, I don't beat myself up personally on a regular basis. I mean, I, I think in a, in a 24 hour period, the, and I sleep a lot, like people think that I don't sleep a lot. I, I get my six to seven hours every night, um, sometimes even eight hours a night. And so the, the other 16 hours, let's just call it for easy math. I'm going to say about 80%, 90% of the time. I'm very positive. I'm always looking on the brighter side. There's always a silver lining. Like I'm pulling on all those cliches for a lack of a better word, but then the other 10 to 20% of the time, I just don't beat myself up when I'm having a bad day or when things don't go the right way. Cause I know a luck, I mean, I'm not even trying to be perfect. Like I'm not, that's not who I am. Right. And, and I know that I'm 40 years old now. So if I even look back to when in the times of when I was in high school and in middle school, I didn't, it wasn't like I tried to strive to get an A, like I, I, I don't want to hide anything in full transparency. I barely passed high school right but and so i you know what i'm really trying to articulate to people is is first and foremost understand that you're going to have shitty days bad days things are going to happen oh, yeah. um and if you if you run a um an investment portfolio tenants are not going to pay you on time the roof needs to be repaired um you, who knows i mean that like natural disasters happen we just had a massive 
thunderstorm um, slash tornado that happened here this past weekend in in Toronto. In fact, I think it hit your your neck of the woods in Ottawa as well. Um, where I mean that's real stuff, man. I mean, trees fell on cars and, you know, people could have been in those cars. And, and from what I heard anyways, most people were safe. Like there was no actual casualties that happened, but people lost their personal, their, 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 their personal belongings. Right. And, and, and so when a client of mine doesn't buy a place with me or they use another real estate agent or in my media company, when, when one of my uh, realtors uh, slash clients, decides to stop working with my company i just put things in perspective like i got i got you know 54 agents a little over 11 12 support staff i i have nothing to complain about you know um i got water i got coffee that just got put on my table like i'm very very blessed (laughs) and in and in and in like 1.2 seconds i could get myself into gratefulness very, very quickly. And I think, I think that's what's lost with a lot of people, right? Like I got a Starbucks right downstairs and, and, and I can't tell you the amount of times I go in line and maybe a sandwich got made wrong and someone starts yelling at the barista or something, you know, like, <laughs> that is weird, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like weird stuff like that, right? Or the taco at the Chipotle downstairs didn't get made to the liking that the customer wants. So they start yelling at the staff member, like, come on, let's get real here. You know, like we're not, something I tell my team all the time when we make mistakes in the real estate side and in the media side, like we're not brain surgeons. We're not people's lives here. Let's (laughs) let's really get it into perspective. No, I love it. That's so true. Um, So what do you tell investors? So you deal with investors that are beginning, you deal with investors maybe that are more advanced as well. I know your company also has a lot of pre-construction opportunities things like that is that more an advanced technique or is that more for a passive investor or part of a healthy diet i don't know that's actually a fantastic question i've never had it uh, posed in that way so great job with that question francois because um when it comes to a pre-construction condo i think it's for every type of investor it's just a matter of what you're looking what you're looking uh, uh to put into your portfolio that's it meaning meaning that if you're a uh first time investor the reason I think it's beneficial for you, and it could be beneficial, let me say why I think it could be beneficial, is because it's very, very passive. In fact, it's very, yeah. bo- it's very boring. Like you're just writing checks 98% of the time in four installments spread out over a three-year period. You actually don't see the building get built. You can't touch the building, smell uh. the, the unit that you buy because you're buying from a floor plan for like four years out, right? Yeah. Three, four years out most of the time. And so if you're someone who's getting started and you don't yet want to deal with getting, uh, deal with the tenants, deal with toilets breaking, um, you might not have the full 20% down that here in Ontario that you need to as, as an investor, but you want to get started and you want to have like a forced savings plan, then I think that that could be a great investment for, for a first-time investor. Now let's think of the, the seasoned investor, somebody who has 79 doors to 352 doors, but they're, and they're very, and, and they're cash flowing uh, properties, but they're being, maybe they're being managed by a property manager, but now you're looking for something that gives you a higher market appreciation. 
So if you look at Toronto specifically, if you, in the last 40 years, you've seen on, on average a 7.2 to 7.3% wow. year over year growth. We just, we just went through 23.1%. Yeah, it's massive. But... <laughs> which, 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 you know, you and I know, uh, uh, Francois, that, that, that those are outliers. That's, that's an anomaly. Is, that's right? sustainable. So and, and, and let's take that out of that the the 40 year mark right and so you're still looking at year over year of 7.2 percent in an area where you know you have um a lot of tenants meaning you have a lot of people coming into the country um yeah. to the well let me say specifically to the city of toronto like the gta you have call it about 200,000 people coming here every single year. 50% of them are tenants, they're renters. And so you always have about 100,000 people just in that 75 kilometer radius that want to rent. And so you always have a steady flow of tenants. It's a great place to park your money. You're not gonna have massive cash flow like you will with a multiplex investment. No. Um, but, but you're going to have that nice, steady, slow growth. In fact, majority of the pension plans, the real estate investment trusts, they like to invest into a place like GTA because they know it's safe. It's nothing's guaranteed in life and yeah. real estate's no different. There's nothing that's guaranteed. But again, I talk about a 40 year window. I can even look at the last hundred years. And I've said this a million times in my content that in the last hundred years on average, in the greater Toronto area, values have doubled every decade. It might be off by, you know, it might be nine years or 11 years one year, uh, one, 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 one decade. But you kind of know, you put your money, you, you buy a, a one-bedroom condo in Toronto today for $600,000. It's going to be worth in and around $1.2 in a decade. Now, most people hear that and they're like, well, this guy's on crack. What does he mean that a one bedroom condo in Toronto is going to be 1.2 million? Yeah, Very but, gas, <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing, Francois, who thought that gas was going to be at $2 today? I know, right? I know. <laughs> and so in a decade, let's not be surprised when gas might be, I don't know, $5, right? Yeah. And, and a loaf of bread today is costing, don't quote me on this, but let's just say it's costing $4.50 a loaf of bread, you might that we're going to be paying $9 for that loaf of bread, because yeah. there's that silent killer that now a lot of people are actually feeling, which is inflation. No oh matter what, the, like prices are going up. That just like, we're not going to get around that, right? Especially because what's happened in our country in the last two years, and, and, and I'm not here on a political rant, nor do I fully no. disagree. That's I don't fully fact. agree either. But we printed the most money in the last two years that we ever printed, or sorry, we printed the last, in the last two years, we printed the most money that we printed in the last like 30 years, 40 years combined. Wow. So since we were born, I'm 41, we're similar ages. Exactly. During our lifetime, there's been more money printed than ever before combined. <laughs> right. And, and just in the last two years. Now, unfortunately, we all have to pay for that. Yeah, right. And in some ways, somehow we need to pay for that. And sometimes it's through taxes. But right now it's through inflation because the value of the dollar is no longer worth a dollar. In fact, some people just base it on what the American dollar is worth. But you actually, if you actually look at it, look at it, the value of a dollar is close to 10 cents right now. Wow. Compared to what it used to be, like if you actually look at like like if you look at history and see what the the worth of the dollar is, and so look, I think the only way, not the only, actually one of the three best ways 
to protect yourself against inflation is, is invest into real estate because we know that the rate of return that you get on an income property is higher than what the rate of inflation is. The yeah. other two ways is, is, is invest in a business, um, like actually open up a business because as inflation raise, uh, rises, you can actually charge more for your product or service. So you can stay ahead of the inflation curve. And then number three is, is get, get like, you know, skilled at some type of trade, like a plumber, electrician, because we know that the, the use of those uh, skills are, is always going to be in need. Yeah, no, I, words of wisdom. That's so true. And inflation, it's interesting. I recently bought a place in Costa Rica where they know all about inflation at a local currency, Colones. Most people now use American dollars because I just paid my housekeeper down there. I sent her to clean the house and I paid her $40 US. One day was 27,000 colones. The next day is 25. A week later is 22. Then it's 28. You never know what to expect. So they have these crazy roller coaster changes every day. You never know food could triple in price or go down. It's Canada. We're not used to that, but I guess it's now part of our reality. Just like the tornado in Ottawa. Uh, we had one four years ago with massive destruction in part of the city. And we had deaths actually this weekend um, at the time of this recording. We're in, in late May and we had 10 people die in that tornado. And I just bought in Florida and I was concerned about wind issues over there. And here I am in Ottawa with wind problems. So just like you said earlier, you have to take it in stride and, and make the most out of what you're given. been on the fence about getting a mentor or a coach to scale your real estate investing portfolio your business and have you met with many mentors and coaches only to find out that they what they offer is a series of pre-recorded videos and a facebook group with some uh, group meetings and you need some hand-holding you want to know you want to be accountable you want some one-on-one -on -one. so look no further i've created the creek the creative real estate investing community and this is where you will have those recorded videos and the weekly calls on Facebook and the group meetings. But wait, you'll also have one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. So 12 sessions over a year plus 12 other sessions with my accountability coach, none other than Rob Wright. So Mr. Rob Wright is joining me to help you stay accountable and make sure that you do achieve your goals and get to the freedom that you want to achieve. So check it out. I will put the information in the notes here and I'd love to see you. There's a free Facebook group you can join to find out more and I'd love to meet with you and tell you how this can change your life and how it's changed mind as well. Like it's all about people and relationships and the one-on-one -on -one I think is essential that that was the key to my success. So I'd love to help you. Cheers. I would like to explore more your media business. I think that's really intriguing. And a lot of real estate investors don't realize you need to market yourself to grow. So it's great to buy, park your money, like you said, in some tangible assets. But as well to grow, you need other people's money. So the banks are great, but at some point they're done printing money and stuff. <laughs> so you have to use other people's money and you have to market yourself. And you're a, a pro at marketing, you and your team. 
uh, are awesome. So do you have some tips and tricks to share on how to, to be effective on, on social media, online? Yeah, look, I mean, specifically as a real estate investor, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of touch on, on, on my journey um, with content creation. Yeah, it, how did it grow and come yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. So, so it really, for me, it started um, as, my, as my partner passed away, one of my business partners, um, he passed away tragically about four and a half years ago. And he was oh kind my. of the face. He was the face of the company. And so um, that, that left like a, a, a gaping hole in, in the, how we, how we actually met with people because he would have, he would be the, the guy that would go on stage. I mean, we weren't really doing a lot of social media stuff there or, or any personal branding or any real content other than email marketing, as well as like uh, live events, as I mentioned. But then when he passed away, I mean, it's just one of those things I, you know, your brain will always find what it's looking for, right? It will find yeah. the good if you're looking <laughs> for the good. If you're looking for the bad, it will find the bad. But if you ask yourself certain questions, the brain long before Google existed, if you if you ask yourself a question consistently enough, the brain will start to find an answer for you. And so the question I started to put out there was like, okay, how am I going to be able to control the, the, the messaging that goes out to my client base? Like what's going to be my thing? Because four and a half years ago, I wasn't comfortable going on stage. I didn't like all the cameras. I didn't, I wasn't like right now. I mean, I, I like to have a lot of cameras on me. I like to do a lot of content, but that wasn't me four and a half years ago and as i kept on asking myself that question then the word podcasting came to my world and so yeah. I, as i looked into it i was like oh this is kind of cool i get to speak into a mic i've been on the phone for 27 years in sales for for a very long time i'm comfortable in that setting i don't need to have a camera i can distribute it uh for free pretty much for like 25 50 bucks a month right across the world oh and nobody can shut me down meaning it's no. not like Nobody in the, it's not like, you know, the, 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 the CDC or sorry, the, the broadcasting um, CRTC, companies in Canada, yeah, that's the CRTC, I apologize. Um, they can't come down on me because I know I'm not going to be talking about, you know, negative stuff, but at the end of the day, that's what I chose as the medium that I was going to start to produce content on. Now, as a real estate broker, I knew that if I put out educational content and didn't, and not that there's anything wrong with it, I'm not telling anybody how to run their business, but I chose the route of, look, I'm just going to give away the education. I had a yeah. little, I had an inkling that it would work because I wrote a book on and, and taught home sellers how to sell their own home without a real estate agent. And I never charged for the book and people loved it because I gave them free information. And so then when I started to do that with podcasting, people started to come to me and say, hey, like, can we, can we uh, uh, possibly invest with you? Can we, like, uh, can we invest into a pre-construction condo with you? Can we buy a home with you? Can we, can we sell with you? What I didn't see coming out of it, and I think your viewers and listeners, this is where they can get some possible value, is that as I spoke about investing into real estate, talking about my journey, speaking about some of my clients' journeys, what happened is, is that now, four years later, Francois, I've cultivated a list of a little over 11,362 people that wow. I'm going I'm <laughs> to say, I'm going to say, not all of them, obviously, let's just say 
10% of them. Okay, let's go to a very, very low number. So let's say 10% of them. That's a little over a uh, 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 thousand people, right? Okay, let's just say 10% of them would be comfortable. I, I, like, and I'm overconfident when I give you the 10% yeah. number that would be willing to invest in a property with me. Not something that I'm offering, like in terms of a uh, a pre-construction unit or as yeah, a yeah. real estate broker. I'm talking a as a uh, as a JV. I can wow. send out an email, right? <laughs> out of the eleven thousand, so that's only ten percent. I can that's send out billions. an email. <laughs> I can send out an email right now, and I'm gonna say within the within about forty eight hours, I can probably raise anywhere from let's say about $2 million to $3 million. Easy, or yeah. Easily. Like just, and and, and this, these are people who have lined up now and said, you know what? You've given away all the content for free. You've given us all the information. Sounds like you know what you're talking about. You've yeah. proved it, with, you proved it with, with actually showing us your portfolio, as well as you have a team. They, they see the whole team around me. You know what, Jazz? We, we think you're credible, and we think that you have the authority. We want to invest with you. So that's what I mean for the, for the guy or the gal that's walking their, their dog right now or walking on, on, on the treadmill or listening in the car. If you're a real estate investor, at some point, Francois mentioned it, at some point, you're going to hit a wall when it comes to financing. Yeah. There's only so many lenders that are comfortable in uh, uh, lending out money once you get to a certain amount of doors. What, be, what could be easier possibly for you is that if you sh actually document your journey, I'm not saying create content even, no, I'm no. just talk about what you did, get on the people, you know, get on experts that, that you brought into the process, like a mortgage broker, a real estate lawyer, a home inspector. Maybe you did a deal with Francois. Maybe you did a deal with your neighbor, whatever it is. I want you to actually put that content out. And it doesn't need to be, not everyone's as good looking as Francois. So <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to do a video. No. You don't have to do a video. You don't even have to do a podcast through audio. Let's just say you're an amazing writer. I have a writer on staff, Remy. He's an awesome writer. I can't put a sentence together if my life depended on it on paper, <laughs> right? So look, we can get people around you. You just need to put out those stories. And you need to put out the education. And I promise you, you wanting to, like when you need to do a joint venture with somebody and you need to raise capital, it's going to be that much easier. Yeah, you become a magnet. So I was in marketing for years and people always kind of, for many, many years, almost beg for your business. Like the store retailers, the I'll pick on the Bay, the Bay days. They're always discounting stuff, discounting. And then people are like, they're, they're like begging for clients. But then you get the opposite, people leading with education like yourself. And then it's the opposite. People are like, wow, I want to work with you. It's like a privilege instead of discounting. And now you get into the Dollarama realm, which there is a place for that. But that's not where you want to be. I, look, I mean, I mean, I think there's a place for Walmart and I think there's a place for Ferrari, right? I think, yeah. I think it's the people in the middle that are going to get in trouble, right? Where, where you haven't actually... You haven't actually defined your value proposition. That's it. For me, like Sears, for me, that's why they're gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like what happened to the Sears and the Zellers and all those guys, right? Um, where, where, like you know, Blockbuster, and we all know these stories, right? Um, yeah. Where I think for myself, it's quite easy. Like it doesn't matter if you're coming to 
what what is known as kind of like jazz's world through um uh, uh wanting to get more information for real estate information, buying, selling, investing, or if you're a real estate agent who wants to produce content, you know what you're going to get from me, which is I'm going to give you all the information. And I say it, I peel back the curtains all the time to people <laughs> through my content. Friends. So I, I, the reason I do it is because A, I'm not the, you got to buy now. In fact, you got to buy three. Like I'm not that person. I've never no. been that that kind of person, but also like really peeling back the curtains. I know that most people won't do stuff on their own. They don't That's want it. to do it. They just don't want to be sold to. Nobody nope. wants to actually get anything pushed down their throat. What they want is to want, they want to be the one who got educated so they can make an informed quality decision themselves. And, yeah. and, and the person that actually puts out the information doesn't automatically get the business, but I think oh. they get the best chance to ask for the business. Because yeah. if you give and you give and you give, then you can actually have the audacity to ask for the business because now you've layered on and stacked the cards in your favor. Exactly. Well, you're, you mentioned you've been married almost 15 years, so you know all about it. It's like your mm -hmm. wife. I've been married 20 years. And again, it's like your wife. And if you don't, fill her love tank I guess you could say then she might not be as responsive for many reasons and it's kind of the same thing you're you're laying it out here it is yeah. and here's the truth and and then you guys choose and, well, and that's well, it. Well, yeah well, one thing about the married thing is is uh, the, everything I said like I don't know if that plays anywhere in the marriage thing because I lose every time so that oh, I know go. In my, in my home, I definitely lose at all times. But all kidding aside, you're definitely right, right? Like you, you need to be able to, to give, give, give. And then, uh, look, you don't even have to ask most of the time. To your no. point earlier, Francois, people will just come to you. People yeah. will just come to you because they know you're the one that not doesn't necessarily have all the answers, no. but you, you, you probably are the connector that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that has the answers. Perfect. Words of wisdom. I'm so glad we had this talk today. Uh, so for our listeners, what's the best way to get into jazz world and, and learn more from all that great content that you put out. And I know where, but I, I know you know firsthand. So if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, look. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the best place to go check me out is just, just Google my name. And I'll tell you why. Because if you Google my first name and last name, Jazz Tacker, um, it's pronounced like the music, but spelled differently. It's J-A-S, last name Tacker, T-A-K-H-A-R. You then can make your own decision on how you want to consume me. If you want video, there's my YouTube page and there's, there's TikTok and there's Instagram. But if you want audio because you don't like the, the, the look of me, then you can go to my podcast, which is the Jazz Tacker podcast. And if you just want to read it, because I, as I said, I can't write myself, but uh, what I do is with my team, they'll record me on my phone and then they'll write out the sentence structures and take out the ums and the ahs. You can get my full blogs on, on my website as well. But the easiest thing to do is just, just Google my name. Perfect. Well, wow, this was great. And I, I'm sure everybody got some great value out of this interview. And I can't wait to catch up with you next time I'm in Toronto. Maybe we'll have to connect in person. And well, well, I'm going to say it on air. I'm going to say it on air, Francois. The second you come to Toronto, two things. I'm not sure what your vice is, H2O, vodka, coffee, wine. Or wine. <laughs> I, I was going to leave it with the wine because the name of the show, obviously. 
I know that's probably where you're gonna go, but the 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 wine bottle is on me that we will have together and we'll actually have it on my on my podcast in person i want to have you on and have you talk about um all things investing into real estate and everything else that's going on in your life i'm literally 10 days away max 14 days away uh my brand new studio is being built out right down the the street from my office yeah so it's all being built out as we speak and so actually at the time of this recording, it's already done. So it's uh, 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 at the time of this recording, it's all, uh, almost done. But well, as people are watching and listening, it's already done. I hope you go check out the background and, and the new studio. But I, want, I can't wait to have you on. Perfect. No, I can't wait. I'll have to connect with you for sure. Let's do it. Thank you so much. Take care. Cheers. Hey there, listeners. We hope you enjoy this latest episode of the Wine and Real Estate Podcast. Yes, absolutely. You can find us on Instagram. Our handle is wine underscore and underscore real estate. So wine and real estate on Facebook, FL Homes Corp. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel. Yes. And please make sure to give us a rating, five stars Mm -hmm. or any comments. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we love suggestions as well. Cheers. Yeah. Chin chin. Thank you.